One of the more recent things that made me laugh really hard was Brandon being like, I had to record an entire kobold track to cover Alex's language. Yeah. Yeah, you were <laughs> in rare form, that one. Yeah, you were very energized about stuff. I'm like, ah, dang it. Then I had to like just record myself going, kobold, like five times, and then find a good one, and then just splice it in. <laughs> I love that you did multiple kobold takes. I wanted it to sound. I wanted it to sound as close to the original Cobalt as possible. You actually nailed it. When I first heard it, I, I had to go back. It, Chapman's uh, energy. You, you really captured it, and that's hard to do. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. That's what I it's, wanted to do. It's got to be the beard synergy. <laughs> Chapman's beard is way more healthy and exciting than mine. Mm-hmm. He waxes it every day. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I believe you two have very different beard aesthetics. They both work for you individually. I feel I, like I've, good job, middle manager. I, yeah. I feel like if you guys, I feel like if you guys swapped beard looks, it would look weird. I'm leaning heavily into Commander Riker. That's that's my <laughs> aesthetic goal on this. I love it. You're nailing it. Yeah. I'm gonna reel us back into talking about the podcast that we record together, uh, as opposed to our facial hair. This is Quid Pro Roll. A fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Good evening, Rollers. I'm Josh Maltby. With me, I have Chapman Adams, Alex Smith, Brandon Nickus, and Alain Magnier. Welcome. Tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about QPR, where it's been, where it's going. And more importantly, what we thought we were doing, making a beautiful podcast for everyone to listen to. Discuss. What we thought we were doing, I feel like, was probably the entire episode before this. Seemed like you lost the thread of your introduction there. You were nailing it. You were nailing it. And then you had the pause and you just... I, that's like I me leaving a that's like me leaving a voicemail with a client. I'm just like, yeah. So <laughs> hey, sorry. You know, I was just trying to get you so I could talk to you about this refinance. I mean, I guess I'll give you a call later. Um, yeah, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. I have had to physically stop myself from not accidentally leaving voicemails for customers that have orders have come in as like, okay, love you. Bye. Like I've I have had to like fight that urge. The love you buy urge. Yeah, I oh, like gosh. like. Am I not the only one that has that? Like, because I normally only talk to people on the phone that like. Like, I I talk to you guys and Josh and Bree and my parents. So like, I I'm so used to I signing off with like "love you, bye." I don't typically sign off on the phone with "love you." <laughs> I mean, I do, but I'm just so. Full I mean, of to love. my parents, I'm just so full of love, guys. I think that's a good way to be. Speaking of, we love you, listeners. Thanks for putting up with us taking forever to jump into this. We at least like you a lot. (laughs) I absolutely love our listeners. Thank you for being listeners. Thank you even more if you're supporters, because you go that extra mile. Hell yeah. Josh, where can they go to support us? Uh, are you talking about patreon.com slash goblin scrawlers i think that's what you're talking about that might be that's the only thing better than that is just straight to the paypal but that's fine (laughs) inject money directly into the account somehow this is marketing best practice (laughs) oh lord Um, so i wanted to talk a little bit about the cast last week we talked about kind of the beginning and a little bit of our favorite moments from early 
For this one, I want to talk a little bit more about later times, specifically as we're getting closer to modern day, going through things like going remote for COVID. Um, there's been a few occasions where we've had like planning meetings where we were like, oh gosh, we're completely not on the same page. How do we, how do we like really rip and pull this thing back together so that we've got something really cohesive? And starting, starting that out, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the earlier times that we had a big struggle as a group and what we did to course correct on that, which for me was the Dolwich saga, I think bigger than almost anything else. So Alex, what did you have in mind when we started the Dolwich saga? So my original plan for the Dolwich saga was actually based off of a villain from an older campaign that I did who I had named Mannequin, who was the Dolwich, as you know, you guys have known her. She was like this really like sort of stereotypical, creepy little horror movie kid. And she would always wear masks. I always imagined the mask from the masked cat lady from that one Courage the Cowardly Dog episode, because that always freaked me out as a kid. So I was like, that's a great villain mask. I'll use that essentially. And getting you guys to have repercussions for Johannes, insulting literally one of the meanest gods in the Pantheon. I could get you guys to the Feywild. I could do this really cool like Lord of the Flies slash Isle of the Dolls sort of thing. And I could reuse this villain that I really, really liked. And I was planning on it being this really atmospheric, spooky, rule of rose style kind of game. And that's not really what happened. I had to, I had to course correct very quickly. I think anyone who listens to those episodes can see that there was maybe one of us who leaned hard into that and it just it made for a very odd atmosphere so we got through those series of episodes and there was some frustration i think is fair to say on all of our parts by the tail end of it and we got our characters into marine and as i recall it was at that point that it was like oh we've got to call a meeting because we were so off key with all of each other that we needed to regroup and really figure out what we were doing so that we could get back on the same page. Um, I'm trying to remember who actually called that meeting. I think it's it was probably you. You're the the senior middle manager in you're the, the personnel <laughs> guy. Yeah, I, Josh you, is you, our HR department. He, well, I mean, no, because he, he just he's always picking up on on where everybody's at. He also, I think, like spends the most time with all of us individually. Yeah, you're usually the one who's most tied in. So the things the things I distinctly recall from us getting that meeting together was determining that everyone was agitated on some level with kind of how things went down and where we were all at. But the bigger problem was that there was a expectation from basically two sides of the coin and neither side truly understood what was going on on the other side until like two thirds of the way through the adventure. So we had the problem was Alex had set up a very atmospheric adventure that she was very excited for to be atmospheric. Alan and I were both like, we're going to be goofballs because this podcast is all about us being goofballs. All we've and ever done. <laughs> And it wasn't until, I think, the second or third episode inside the Dolwich house 
that Alana and I were like, oh, this isn't what Alex wanted at all. And is in fact getting frustrated with us for not picking up on that earlier. <laughs> and But by that point, it was already, it was too late for us to course correct out of it. We basically had to just see it to the end and then determine how do we not have these sorts of problems in the future? So if somebody else wants to jump in. I will say on, on one of those notes, and this is something that I have been actively trying to get better at through the entirety of the game, but I've definitely realized my my flaws during the Dalwich Saga event is I need to be better. And I'm I'm trying really hard all the time to be better about this. I I want to make sure that I am not being inflexible with the kind of game that I'm running so that I can ensure that you guys have full autonomy and get to play the game you guys want. And when I got frustrated with the Doll Witch Saga thing, like, I, honestly, I, I shouldn't have. I, I feel like I should allow you guys to be yourselves. I don't know that that's entirely fair. I think there's something to be said for uh, the DM being excited to run the adventure that they yeah. have prepared. Yeah, sometimes you don't get to play the game that you want. It's just like life. Like, and yeah. the, the, the GM has to have fun, too, or it's not fun for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I, I mean, like, what I took away from all of that was that we just needed to, and this is uh, something for every person, every party, every game you ever run for a tabletop game, communication isn't just important at the beginning at session zero. It's important through the whole game that you're always kind of, like, making sure that you're on the same page and setting the same expectations. And I think we had been doing this long enough and at a, uh, we'd been doing it at that point for years year and a half something like that every two weeks like on the dot as a religion so we i think we got complacent in that um, communication and that mode of communication and we no longer were um kind of doing the legwork that was required to make sure that we were all on the same page it's like a it's like a marriage that you forget to go on date nights yeah we didn't go on any date nights y'all i sitting here every time we played wearing my bow tie Trying to give you hints. <laughs> what, what, wanting wanting some chocolates and fancy jewelry. Alan leaving some coupons for the Olive Garden conspicuously yeah. lying on the <laughs> kitchen table. <laughs> right on the time. You'd, you'd, you'd point them out. You'd be like, oh my God, what are all these out here for? I'm like, I don't know. Somebody must have left. And you're like, God, they should have thrown them away and just sweeping them into the trash along with my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so we hadn't had a team meeting about QPR and about where we were and where we were going, I think it had been a solid like three or four months before that whole incident. And I think that incident in particular is what highlighted for us the necessity of, like Alan was saying, having those sit down conversations, talking about the podcast, talking about what we're doing, where we're going, how we're evolving, what's next. I remember one of the big things that came out of that whole situation is we started to adopt a policy of if Alex wanted to do something, if Alex had written something that was a really specific tone, like if something was going to be a series of horror episodes, then she would tell us in advance, hey, we're doing spooky stuff, so get ready for spooky stuff, so that we could put ourselves in the headspace of, okay, we got to be ready for spooky stuff so that we're not just telling the same like bad jokes and uh, foibles and shenanigans as we would during any normal episode. And I think it's from that point forward that we started 
having a lot more of a unified vision because we had, I think, more of these conversations about where are we, where are we going, what are we doing, which is great because I think it wasn't even a full two months later that we first started hearing about coronavirus breaking out on the West Coast and here it is migrating its way toward us and we have to start thinking about what is safe, what can we do, and ultimately making the decision to transition from a all-in-person game all around one table, all of us breathing the same air, to going, no, we need to maintain our separate households. We need to be in separate spaces because it's not safe for any of us to come to this and then go back to our individual families and be like, hey, you guys are cool with me sharing these other five households air, right? It's so weird to think that like almost half of the recording time we've done this, because it's been like a year and a half, we've done remote. It does not feel like it's been that long. A year. We're like at a year of, of remote recordings. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much so that we were just like, well, we don't need to keep this studio space anymore. That was part of it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to those who have supported us on Patreon through the uh, pandemic because, uh, gosh dang, could we have not <laughs> continued to do this without you, for real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. For everybody who's stuck with us through all of this, it's been uh, it's been a hell of an adventure, I will say. We were lucky, too, because without you guys, I, I know I'm, I'm harping here, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to harp here. Without you guys' support, legit, we would not have been able to have the recording gear to do our own houses because that stuff just about to cobalt in there that stuff disappeared so (laughs) quick when things um started to get you know everybody started to realize that they needed to do more work from home and and ramp their office up so every like business was buying this these things up and we just lucked out that we got in just before it and the only reason we did that was because we had enough patreon support and we were like i don't think we're gonna do too many like recordings from our own houses but you know we could try to do some more bonus content stuff etc cetera, etc cetera. so we had, like we we made that jump and we just just in the nick of time beat it and we have friends who are running podcasts and running shows and running groups that didn't that didn't couldn't do anything over over covid they literally had to like collapse their hopes and dreams and wait until this thing's over and that sucks and the only reason we avoided that was because of you guys so i, I like i just need you to understand how much it means to us that for everybody who who has supported us on patreon because we wouldn't be here i mean like it's that simple yeah i think a third of our gear we acquired through uh, all of it was through patreon support but a third of it we acquired because we were thinking about oh well maybe we should start doing twitch streaming a little bit more and then literally like we see the pandemic looming and it's like oh my god oh we have to move quickly (laughs) we need to be ready we're not going to stop recording. We're going to keep this thing rolling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you guys. I personally noticed a big shift when we went from recording in person every two weeks, all being in the same room, all being around the same table to recording remote over Zoom. I know we started out doing Forest of Hair because we needed to do a little bit of an equipment test. But I think that was particularly intelligent of us. Uh, pat ourselves on the back a little bit there because the energy of the group was so different on a screen as opposed to being able to sit around one table and interact. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
honestly. I, I, I feel like we've done a really good job adapting. I still am sort of eagerly twiddling my thumbs for when we can go back to in-person. Because A, I miss you guys, and I feel like it, it's just, it's a different kind of experience when we all get to be in the same room and, like, riff off each other's energy. Because I don't think that translates quite as well. I don't know if those first episodes back are going to be uh, the greatest episodes we've ever recorded, or just absolute hot garbage. But it will be an extreme. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, it yeah. will be something. Yes. They won't be boring. They will be on Patreon if they're hot garbage. They will be uh, audio files that you can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have a lot of kobold censoring in them, but they will be there. There will probably be a lot of kobold censoring. Give, most, most, most people don't really know how we talk outside of the podcast, but there are a lot of kobolds in I our mean, normal language. Literally, I mean, like... Uh, we have to, it's basically, we say kobold, and then we add a subject and a verb somewhere in there. It's how we talk. <laughs> what it, What are a couple of things that each of you think that we learned going remote that we might not have, or at least as quickly, by staying around a table together? For, the, for those of us who haven't recorded before, I think our, I mean, if there's one thing we're all going to do way better once we're back in a space... Our mic presence, mic awareness, and recording nows on the back end, uh, we do so much more on the front end to help everything on the back end. So that's that's a huge win. That's a huge plus. And that's hard. That You only learn through practice on that. I was going to say, for me, I think it's our crosstalk. We have done so much better a job of giving each other space to speak, uh, just on account yeah, you of... Yeah, really... Oh. It's so... Sorry. <laughs> easy to speak over each other <laughs> i didn't actually have anything to say that was my joke i'm sorry guys <laughs> doing amazing sweetie gosh i'm just like thinking to when we will eventually be able to do this in person again and i'm just like it's gonna be like christmas every recording session for me i'm trying to think i'm, I'm not sure if there's really anything that i internalized or learned uh shooting remote other than i just needed to sort of manage my time a lot better Cause like, especially when it was work from home, I'm like, I would wake up on those Tuesdays and be like, "Welp, so I'm going to sit here for eight hours and work. And then I've got like an hour and a half, two hours for me. And then I'm going to sit here for like four hours and record. So those days became days where like, I never left the house unless I made an intentional plan to get out, like right at five o'clock, like run to the store or take a walk or something like that and then come back because otherwise Tuesday would just turn into Wednesday and it would feel like this single day that was two days long and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was really rough on you when we first started. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Just like, but just because of the scheduling stuff, because also like with goblins and growlers, we started like ramping up other, like since we couldn't do games anymore, we started ramping up with other things like doing book club and doing Wednesday streams and stuff. So it would be like, well, Tuesday I'm doing this and then Wednesday night I'm doing this and then maybe Thursday night I'm doing this. And, and then all of a sudden I've never left the house. I think the other thing too, like to just pile on what Brandon said, like, and, and what Alex talked about earlier, like I, I would have, I had a really hard time making it through the pandemic and without this, 
if there's one thing I learned, I guess I learned how much I need this um, quid pro roll. Uh, having the <laughs> Alex, wait to cry when when you're on mic. Get on, get closer to your mic. <laughs> uh, so like because especially, I mean, it, it's hard. We've talked about how hard it is to do this because you really have to be on. We do warm-ups. We have a lot of focus. We have a lot of talk about how we're going to create something that's worth listening to, like that really adds value and, and tells a good story um, and do it from an improv point, which is difficult. But through all that, like, gosh, does it help really drive me forward? Like, am I, I'm just so proud of everything that we put out and I'm so proud of, of um the fact that people have a Friday re-listen to this things, uh, the, the fact that so many people connect with this uh, podcast, especially when we couldn't connect with other people, um, mm-hmm. man, I needed this. This this helped me through some pretty dark times during quarantine. Um, there was times where I literally saw nobody but my cat for long swaths, and I know lots of other people had that exact same experience. And seeing you guys even from a, a digital point and having the need to focus especially when I was unemployed, <laughs> uh, which it was good. It was very good for me. I was very thankful. Yeah. I was unemployed before COVID, but when that was the case, like this and like other GG stuff was the stuff that kept me sane. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure exactly what to say about like what I learned. I, I know for me, like this kind of the recording in front of my computer is not ideal for me. <laughs> um, I just find it like a lot more difficult to focus. And so I'm definitely looking forward to getting back in person. No, it's it's definitely harder to maintain the focus when that's what I mean kind of like we can't feed off each other's energy quite as well. And and Josh can confirm there've been a bunch of recording sessions where like afterwards I was like, was it fun? Did everybody enjoy themselves? Did I do anything right? Did I do anything wrong? Was it okay? And I think a lot of it is cuz I can't like read people and their emotions quite as well over screens as I can when I'm like physically around them. Well, I think too, people, you, the, the listeners, you don't understand how much lifeblood Alex puts in here. No matter how much you think it is, it's like double what you think it is. Uh, Alex cares about quid pro roll so much that I do not put it by her at 5 a.m. to text me and be like, this is, I've been thinking about this for the last three hours. This is so important to me. Uh, and, and I think all of us, like, kind of, I, you know, I, again, obviously, quid parole wouldn't exist without Alex, but, like, she cares so much. And especially during quarantine, this is, like, this is what we had. We didn't hang out with anyone we didn't see anybody this was our this was our life (laughs) so all of us were so focused but it's tough when you're not in the same room with each other and you were just trying to get the vibe of like (laughs) was it okay (laughs) is this good enough yeah i think kind of piggybacking off of what brandon and chapman were saying there's something about being stuck basically in your house and sitting in front of the glow box and then you're like oh yeah it's qpr time i'm looking forward to playing some qpr and you sit back down in front of the glow box and by the end of it you're just so tired and so like over it and you know that the next morning you're gonna wake up and get right back in front of that box and get ready to do some more glowing like i hate you glow box (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know there's there's a lot to be said for now even 
as things are starting to open back up a little bit, now that all of us are vaccinated, we can all kind of hang out together. Just getting out of the house, just seeing you guys, just like going and grabbing a beer or whatever. It's so nice. God, it's so nice. It's so in, like, it's very energizing for me as a person because it's just been a lot of screens, a lot of screens. Mm hmm. I still feel like when we plan stuff or go to restaurants or like grab beers with each other, go get coffee. I still feel like I'm breaking rules. Like, I feel like I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. And I'm like, it's like when you sneak out of the house and you're really hoping your mom doesn't catch you. Like, that's how I've been feeling every time we do anything. Yeah, today, the day that we're recording this, this was actually the first day in a good long time that I've actually had to get up and commute to the office in the morning. And I actually didn't hate it just because I'm like, well, this is a nice break in my routine. Uh, I'm getting getting up, getting dressed. I'm shaving, putting on clothes, leaving <laughs> the house. It's great. God, we don't realize what gremlins we are until you put it that way. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't have the same kind of routine break that you guys did. Not, not that I had it worse or better or anything like that. It's just I had a very different COVID experience because I was still in the shop and the shop was doing curbside only for like maybe a month or so, but it wasn't that long. And we sort of went back to being in person and masked and distanced, but like it, everybody that's, you know, come in has been really stressed and we've been trying to be, we were trying to be as much of an oasis for people as possible. So I never really got the quarantine loneliness experience. So I think I'm grateful for that. If you want to visit that oasis, that's uh, Alpha Comics and Games, Will on In Richmond, Virginia. Um, yeah, oasis. Oasis. I know a lot of people have talked in chat about how QPR was kind of that oasis during some of the quieter months where it's just like, well, we're just, we're just trudging on through. Like, at least we had every Thursday to look forward to seeing what shenanigans the QPR could get themselves into this time. I don't think I've heard QPRD before. That's I've heard like, QParty. QPRD is like some sort of like dragonborn Sherlock Holmes nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, if Moriarty was a D&D &D character, he'd have to be a changeling. He'd have to be. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> this is the character to play at Alex's table. Moriarty the changeling. Mm-hmm. You act like I wouldn't be thrilled. No, I know you would a be. A very clearly roleplay focused character. Yeah, I'm in. But I think I think as much as it was a safe haven for us and something to help us retain like, oh, it's Tuesday, it's time to record. I think it sounded to me like a lot of folks had that experience with our regular weekly releases, which frankly, we could not have done without the lovely Gabriel Perez, uh, ever, ever effervescent ever beautiful, ever vampiric. I think that was another thing that I kind of realized as we went remote was it was the first occasion where I had had to do a little bit of audio editing for us. And I had no idea how many bad habits I had with the mic, even after going remote and Gabe being like, okay, so here are things you have to change or you will not be audible when you record yourself. There's a lot of things like how I breathe, and tongue clicks and all kinds of stuff where I was like, I need to be way more aware of where the mic is anytime I am making any sort of noises with my face. Good God. Because editing those out is very tiresome. 
I have never been so self-conscious about how I breathe than when we started this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Since I've started, like, doing more stuff like editing bonus content and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, God, I'm all of this. Because, like, I can just hear my, like, I can hear my asthma every time. (laughs) Oh, no, Brandon. So let's, let's talk a little bit. We've talked kind of about where we've spent the last year. Let's talk a little bit about where we're at right now in the podcast. So the as of this recording, the most recently released episode is a Dark Geek bonus episode because Gabe's already out. And the most recent campaign episode is us rescuing Melody, Melody introducing herself, and us getting ready to go potentially track down some slavers and kick their butts. So I don't want you all to spoil anything, obviously, but what are what are some things that you have in mind? I see you nervous, Alex. No spoilers. I'm not nervous. No spoilers. What are what are some things that you have in mind for the near future uh, for those of us who are players for your characters and Alex for the plot? Should we do players first? You want to go and pick people? Yeah, let's start with Chapman. Oh, okay. Um... Like. Like, what do you have in mind for Koza for the next hundred episodes? What's some development you want to see for him? What are you, what are you excited about? Yeah, I don't really play my character in that way. I, I really just kind of like to bring, like, I created this character and, you know, wound him up and set him loose. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, the uh, wind-up car method of, of D&D play. I mean, that's really what I do with my characters. I just come up with some sort of big concept and just see what what happens to them when they're out in the uh, uh, fantasy world. I mean, it works out. Well, you've got you've got some idea of where the adventure is going because Alex gives us kind of Cliff Notes versions of upcoming plot points. What are what is something that you expect Koza to have to like? adapt to or grow from i i really don't have like a a strong i way to answer this question chapman's Uh, planting seeds and letting kosa grow that's a very valid way to play a character especially a character that's uh he's i would say he's planting spores Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very true very true johnny apple spore over here johnny apple spore good Uh, god uh, all right how about you brandon what do you see in the near future for Boat? Like, what are some things he's going to have to figure out about himself? I know recently, well, relatively recently, we determined that he may not be quite as hard-leaning libertarian as he initially thought. I think you're overstepping there with that description. <laughs> I think it's through discussion and observation he has opened his mind to the potential for alternative ways to look at the world. So he's still very much trying to figure some things out. So I would like to think that I'll be on top of that, trying to help develop that. He also seems to have indicated that perhaps the uh, chromatic dragons may have had a point since they seem to be libertarian in their philosophies. So he's also thinking about that a little bit, but probably not as seriously as Alex is afraid that he is. Boat betrays the party, and then it's this weird sitcom with him and Eek trying to become dragon priests. Yeah. He uh, he betrays the party and disappears, and then he returns as Gravy Boat the White. Um, his hat will be black, but everything else will be white. 
but and also like Alex has talked about Gravy Boat and him having to accept some of the consequences of his younger life on the road which you know he behaved in ways which are very common with wrestlers from the the you know southern wrestlers from the 1970s and such so he'll have to just sort of accept what happened and figure out a way to incorporate new information into his life i'm excited i'm excited alan what do you think's coming for johannes yeah i I think much like chapman i i don't try to plan much ahead for johannes i as people um from the discord uh, are well aware i don't like Alex to tell me anything about anything that's coming, I really like to be as reactive as possible because with Johannes, especially with how how he's developed, I don't like him to have any concept of a plan. And I try really hard to do what I can to force myself into the space where I'm reacting the way I, I, I <laughs> real time uh, with Johannes. But that said, I always am working on something with my characters uh, and the way that I play a game. Um, just the same as as a GM, I always pick a thing and I work on it as hard as I can, just like one very particular aspect. And with Johannes, as um, some people in the Discord have already pointed out, uh, like one of the early things I worked on was I worked on um, one was trying to find out how to like how to do like public speeches with no plan uh, was something I worked on early. Um, and other people pointed out my next thing that I worked on for a long time was like how to make combat more fun. Um, I feel like I've had a really gotten a really good grip on what that is for me. Uh, and so right now, if there's one thing I'm really working with Johannes on currently, it is to how to <laughs> how to develop his character, how to push his character into new spaces. Um, so you're gonna see me actively trying to put Johannes in situations where he has to <laughs> dare I say think? Uh, maybe not. At the very least, react in to different stimuli than ones that he's noticed before so you'll be seeing that um and i'm gonna keep trying to figure out how to do that right and how to do that in a way that's like organic and feels natural um i try not to force anything even if i'm working on it but yeah so that's what you have to look forward and then after that who knows maybe i'll see if i can uh (laughs) actually be a paladin or something who knows it'll be crazy that would be wild josh what about you well as uh, some people may have surmised, since we're headed into Talaire, and that is Solinar's birthplace, uh, Solinar is going to have to do a lot of introspection and understanding and possibly confront some of his past demons about like where he was born, where he is from, what kind of life he had well before joining the party. I think it's going to involve a lot of Solinar coming to terms with things not being quite what he envisioned them as when he was a kid which i think we can all relate to as people you know you you hear stories about your childhood and you're like wait a minute it's not nearly as wholesome as i recall it hold on so neither solinar nor i uh are feeling very confident about what's about to happen to him but it will be a journey and we are both here for it and so are you our audience (laughs) (laughs) and alex what do you what do you have coming down the pipe for everyone to enjoy without spoilers without spoilers um teasers are fine spoilers are not allowed i have been planning the stuff that actually the stuff that you guys are dealing with in talaire and most notably tinker haven 
are actually some of the first things that I wrote for the plot and for the cast. I have been more excited to do this arc than any other arc that we've done and potentially will do. Um, wow. One of my favorite and like things that I've been planning for a really long time is going to be in this arc. And I'm just like vibrating with excitement to to get to those bits and to those parts and um it, it won't be released uh when this comes out but there are there have we've already recorded a couple of episodes that have had some uh historical reveals and some explanations of stuff that i think was originally kind of in the dark um that you know informed a lot of what happens and I'm also, and, and, and I say this a lot when uh, fans of the cast come in to talk to me at the store about it, uh, my plan is for Solinar and Boat to bleed during this this arc. They're, I'm, I'm kind of coming for them. This doesn't have to do with any soul boat shipping, does it? It has nothing to do with soul boat shipping. Honestly, Ooh. the two of you are just the only ones who had to lair as like a focal point in your backstories. Potentially depending on the choices you guys make, you also might get a surprising amount of info on Eek's backstory. Mm, exciting. <laughs> I am... I cannot emphasize enough how this arc, the, the copper arc, is really, in my mind, the turning point of the whole story and where everything becomes a lot more real. Now, yeah. my, my ultimate goal is, honestly, I really want to expand more on the found family aspect with the party. I feel like Johannes and Alita get a lot of moments where they're like besties, but I don't necessarily know that the rest of the party gets that same level. And I really want to do as much as I can to try and like encourage that bond with you guys. We got to break down the toxic masculinity between uh, Boat and Sol and I. We need to just start throwing javelins at each other. When Alex mm -hmm. said she's vibrating, I didn't. I'm glad she said that because I thought there was like a grade one earthquake going on in that room. <laughs> I am so excited for Copper Art, guys. You have the cameras no idea. just everywhere. <laughs> also, interestingly, I, I remember that I've talked to you guys before. I think I mentioned this to all of you at one point or another that uh, this campaign, the the Dragon Bring Back to the World Viri and Alita campaign, uh, has been cursed in that I've always started it and I've never been able to finish it. This is always the part where right before this arc, I'm like, or before, you know, they get to do the copper temple is always when everything fell apart. So the fact that not only can I finally do all of the cool stuff that I have planned for copper, but like I get to do so much stuff with y'all's backstories, which is my favorite thing to do. I'm so excited, guys. You have no idea how excited I am. I've done like six outfit designs. Check out uh, Alex's outfits over on the Discord as they get posted. We're also how putting them you... on the Twitter, aren't they? How do you get to that Discord? I literally don't know. You go to bit.ly slash goblin discord, all lowercase, because that's Can how Bitly works. Can you tell me how to get to Goblins and Growler Street? <laughs> we'll, really be, we'll really be in the G's if they name a street after us. Yeah. The GG Street? Yeah. We'll be in the GG's. <laughs> It'll be over in Church Hill. It'll be like A mm -hmm. Street, B Street, and then there'll be a G Street, then there'll be a GG Street. 
It'll be an alley. <laughs> That'll be fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back with all the trash right. cans where we belong. All the best possums gather there. Hell yeah. Possum friends forever. I love possum possums. Posse. I love mm-hmm. possums so much. That's that's where I'm at with, with this. Like I silver arc, cool, gold arc, cool, but copper arc is, you know, relationship ended with bronze arc. Copper arc is my new best friend. I think that's as good a point as any to start closing things out. So as a as a final item, I would like everyone to go around and talk about some of the unique or unexpected challenges that you felt like the podcast has faced that you wouldn't expect a typical podcast to have faced or that you had not expected to face when we started all of these shenanigans. Um, Brandon. You just gave me a whole lot to think about there and then immediately threw it to me. (laughs) That's like five questions. I mean, I mean, I only want you to necessarily answer one of them. I've, I've got mine if it'll buy Brandon some thinking time. Well, like, or, or what we could do is we could just round robin it, like, take one of those, go around, and then go around again with the other one, and everybody just give, like, a tight 30-second answer to everything. Toy. Let's do that. Okay, Alex. I was not expecting to deal with imposter syndrome to the level that I do since we started this podcast. Chapman. Uh, um... Chapman didn't not expect anything. <laughs> I mean, this is so Chapman was of... prepared for all things. Uh, I, it's, I mean, the whole thing is out, outside of what I, I particularly expect or like expected to happen in my life. Um, so it, it's, it is a bit like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, like, like this, this is happening kind of thing. I, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not sure about how I would describe things i wasn't expect like learned i'm not sure i mean i don't know i think i think it's fair to say that you weren't expecting the podcast at all and so to be here right now is unexpected i think that's fair alan yeah i think the biggest um something that i i didn't like i prepped myself really well for wanting this to be a long-term project wanting it to be something very professional and wanting to go through kind of the ebb and flow of learning how to make it what it is and we did a lot of research beforehand um but i think what i hadn't expected is that the level of of communication you need and recalibration and in order to make sure that you continue to make something fun consistent cohesive just the um the amount it it feels like a performance every time like the amount you have to be on like the amount of 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 dedication that each of us put to it I wasn't ready for that in the long term. Like I kind of, I'm a person who I get in a groove of things and then I'm just kind of in the groove. Um, But you can't really do that with this. It really is a stop go thing very regularly. So you have to find your own ways to do it. And we've gone through, I don't know how many different warm ups we've gone through. I don't know how many different things we've done to try to make sure that we're in the right place to record. But um, I mean, for our recording sessions, we, we have an hour plus on both ends where we're, we're um, prepping. And I think that that's something I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to be less as we went along, but it's only become more. And I'm glad it's become more, but it's been a lot. <laughs> and it's been a lot. <laughs> for my part, I don't think I was expecting 
putting on a live show to be as much of a production as it had to be by necessity. So hard. There was so many moving parts involved in that, and so many of those moving parts did not move like we anticipated them doing, to the point where uh, I think half the gear was improvised, right? And yeah. then yeah. We, started we had like an hour and a half late. We started super late, and we managed to entirely pack that restaurant with just oodles and oodles of people. And all of that was just like, I wasn't ready for any of this. That was actually I, a really profound moment for me. Same. I, I was not expecting that crowd. <laughs> I'm, I'm still anxious. I haven't registered that we even did it yet because I'm so anxious with everything. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about doing like another one. So we need to we need to kind of get a handle on our feelings, I think. No, I never got out of the prep work on the front end. <laughs> Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It was very classic, like, oh, what every um, performer tells you putting on a live, their first live show is. With the exception that most performers are like, yeah, we, we were ready for like 10 people to show up and like three showed up. So we performed for three people. It was kind of mm-hmm. sad. We were like, yeah, it'll be cool if like 10 or 15 people show up. Like, that'd be really exciting. And then... It was like 60 or something. Like, it was something ludicrous. Just a ludicrous number of people. God, I was kind of spooky, honestly. Like, doing panels is completely different from doing a, sh- a live show up on stage. Especially when everything's going wrong. So that, that, for me, was the unexpected challenge of QPR. What is something that you think was a unique challenge to QPR? Either because of who we are as people or because of the kind of podcast we decided to run. And for that, I will start in that I think, as Alan said, we wanted to be a very professional and very high quality podcast out of the gate, where I think a lot of people start out going, let's see where we're at and let's see what we're capable of and let's see where we can go from there. Alan was like, we need to do this at 100, or I'm not sure if we should do this at all. And we all came to the table with that heat, and we were like, well, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to try and do it like professionals. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. Like, I think our expectations of professionalism versus our level of experience were so mismatched. And I think that's pretty unique to us. Yeah, I mean, this is an easy one to say um, one of the biggest things that differentiates us besides the like cast of who we are being people who've run thousands of collectively as a group. We've run over a thousand G- d- d- RPG games. I can say that easily because of how many games we've run professionally at breweries and stuff like that. But the other thing, too, is gosh darn is Gabe so good. I mean, we got a professional audio engineer who we just happened to meet at the right time in the right place. Um, so that's a just an amazing combo that we were like really lucked into we lucked into everybody on this podcast man like we half of us didn't know each other before we started putting it on that's insane Uh, like everybody else had their games going for years and then figured out their synergy like you guys get to hear our synergy get figured out good and bad real time it's like watching a baby grow up (laughs) (laughs) we're your baby listeners I mean, QPR, were it a baby, could talk now. Uh, you are overestimating my uh, intelligence as a child. 
I just like how terrified Josh looked for a second there. I'm just picturing QPR as a baby now talking, and I don't think anything that comes out of its mouth is going to be really great to come out of a baby's it's just, mouth. It's just are, the word what, kobold! Are you sure it's not the word daddy? No! no. Proceeded by thank you. No! <laughs> I blame Chapman. You're welcome. <laughs> Chapman, what's something you think was relatively unique for our podcast? Gosh, um, you know, I, I, I can imagine like a, a better group of people to like have started this thing um just a mix of like taking it seriously and passion for you know D D and role-playing games and also just like business knowledge <laughs> um yeah i mean there's so many places that a project like this i think can go wrong and it's i'm, I'm really thankful that the people that like you all know i'm not necessarily like like this is new to y'all too but like you've been able to bring your knowledge from other things to this to make sure it's successful. And I'm really thankful for that. Hell yeah. Brandon, what do you think is unique about the podcast, either challenges or otherwise? I don't know if I have anything like fresh to add as a perspective. Everybody's really like touched on a lot of that stuff. I mean, we're probably unique as a podcast in that we're not like, a huge name like sponsored podcast and we're still doing it two and a half years later i think that speaks a lot to our fans it speaks a lot to our dedication and like our desire not to treat it just like like a hobby you know kind of like what chapman was saying like one thing i never expected was i would every day be looking at download (laughs) statistics and trying to trying to figure out how to maximize that kind of thing uh, on top of everything else that I'm trying to do, because really I'm just like a content guy. I like to write stuff, but I have had to I I have had to flex muscles that I did not previously have in order to help keep the train on the tracks. Yeah, all that's the time. why you look so swole all the time. Yeah, it's it's that <laughs> and the exhaustion. And finally, Alex. What's interesting is listening to the podcast and thinking about it in the context of I didn't know you guys when we started this, and now you guys have become such a huge part of my life it's it's interesting to navigate how much all of our relationship at least all of your relationships with like me have changed over the past like two and a half years give or take like it's it's been a lot of frustration and heartache and elation and occasionally like super weird moments because i'll have people i don't know come into the store and be like oh are you the dm for qpr and i'm like uh who sent you like the idea that there are people that i've never met that aren't like just our friends listening to this podcast is unreal to me the idea that there are people who have no knowledge of us like beyond the cast are like yeah this is really like cool i like listening to qpr is like it's it's incredible and it's incredibly surreal to me and even more so because alan we didn't talk about this in the last episode but the original plan when alan reached out to me because it was originally like shot out as like a partnership between alpha and gg which it has remained um, it was originally, I was like, yeah, I'll do this for six months and then we'll see if it's still worth doing. 
And here we are two and a half years later. You guys have become some of my best friends. Uh, I talk, I interact with you guys at least once a week, which is more than I can say for most people. Like it's, it's radically changed. I think the trajectory of my life and that is an interest in, in, in like 18 ways. And it's a very like odd thing because there are moments where I feel like it's so fragile. And then I talk to you guys and you all are still just as passionate and dedicated as you were when we were sitting around that stupid snowball microphone in a room full of echo with traffic outside and y'all are still in it. And there are times when like I worry, but then there are moments like this and it just... I don't know, it, it it gets me in a really profound way. Yeah, I forgot that we signed a contract early on. It's kind of funny to think about now. I guess we still have a contract. I have not looked at that thing in two years. I haven't, but my understanding is that it's valid because I think we wrote for at least six months and then as far as we agree. Yeah, Alex is like, I haven't, but my lawyers have. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I've also may or may not have already started world building in case we decide to do a second campaign. Just BT mm-hmm. dubs. You heard it here first, folk. Yeah, we should we should just go full on Taz after this is over and just have somebody else DM for a while. Yeah, give Alex a break <laughs> and just see where it goes. Yeah, Alex actually gets to play a character who doesn't know what's going on. And then whoever replaces you, the internet can be like, they didn't really seem like they were comfortable and didn't feel like they had prepared correctly for that. I cannot emphasize emphasize enough how if you take away my DM screen, I will cry tears. Season 2 of QPR, Chabin will be running a forest animals slash made RPG, baby. Alex is going to be the crying maid. I I cannot emphasize enough. Do not, do not take away my DMing. Please, I beg of you. I've, I've worked so hard, guys. Let me have this. Read the small print on that contract. Oh, God. <laughs> Instead of the GM, that'll be that'll be his name. Oh, we'll just be oh you haven't played the made RPG, but what one? <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> I, I, I ran made RPG, so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can wait. You can see too, audience, in season two of QPR, run please, by Jamisama. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> guys, please. You know- you know what else? Honestly, uh, heads up too. Like, if if uh, I know we've talked about this before, but as we get more support on our Patreon, first off, thank you guys. I know we talk about it a lot. We talk about it a lot because it's so important to us, and it really helps us to do this thing that you all love and do the thing that we love. It's also kind of mind blowing for all of us that there are people out there who are like, you know what? I not only like this thing, I like this thing so much that I want to support it with real currency. Please it's take this hard-earned money. It, we, we, we put a lot of effort into this. We, it's really hard to do. <laughs> we do put a lot of effort into it, but there, simultaneously, it's like you all care so much about this as to want to support it and want to see it grow and want to see it get even better. Like that's that's the part where I'm like, you guys, really? Speaking of wanting to see it grow and get even better, as we get more. Um, as we get more ability financially to do more cool things, um, we've all been talking. I know you've watched, uh, if you've watched our Twitch streams, you've watched us run some indie RPG systems and stuff like that. Um, if you want to see some, have some uh, made, made Chan uh, RPG, etc., on on our Patreon exclusive stuff, 
um, let us know uh, in in the in the Discord or in the Patreon. Let us know what you guys want. We're always looking to um, thank you guys in whatever way we can. And uh, having your feedback definitely helps us. We're super creative people, except when you sit us around a table and say, "Okay, be creative, go." Then we all just sit there and we throw pencils at each other and. Alex doesn't have a DM screen, so she's crying. And I, I'm going to tell you, uh, if we could just go ahead and push the uh, Maid Cafe Chapman running the game to a Patreon thing and just let me keep doing the QPR thing, that'd be great. Everybody, let's everybody, let's think, let's get it. Try get chat get hashtag Chapman song. <laughs> I can't. God, what if enough. it did? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot yeah. emphasize enough the mental breakdown I would have. Chapman's trying to apply to uh, engineering uh, <laughs> programs, and it's just like, uh, were you the guy? No, 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 I wasn't. No, nope, not me. <laughs> oh, God, even worse, the person interviewing him is, like, a big QPR fan. Even worse? That's even better. That's mm-hmm. a guaranteed job right there. Unless they agreed with Boat and thought that Eek deserved the javelin. All right, we're getting off topic. It's getting late. I thought we were going to wrap this up on, like, my very sentimental note, and now I'm terrified that we're going to take my game away from me. That's that's always been the... We've never clued you in on it, but read the fine print on your contract. We really should start a separate podcast just called Chapman (laughs) Silence. Okay, team. Chapman Sama 2028. Uh... Chapman Sama 2028. Alon, <laughs> get that Twitter handle. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Josh, for running our, our thing. I hope you guys learned some stuff or at the very least got reaffirmed on how weird we all are. <laughs> I don't think anyone needed any confirmation of that. I love you guys, too. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Now enjoy this Patreon bumper. gonna go make a hamburger but then someone reminded me that gabe was out of town so we needed a bumper for patreon at the end of this so uh yeah if you like quid pro roll uh support us on patreon uh it's under the goblins and growlers brand at patreon.com slash goblins growlers we have uh, all kinds of cool stuff on there we have bonus audio for quid pro roll and we have original rpg content like monster blocks traps and uh original monthly one-page dungeon adventures so check us out, uh, support us if you're able, we appreciate it, and if nothing else, just tell a friend about Quid Pro Roll. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week.